told you that we're going to sing a new song, and uh, we're just going to sing the chorus first. It's really catchy. I promise you'll catch on to it really fast. Here's how it goes. I'm fighting a battle that you've already won. No matter what comes.
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, and worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, and it's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass, and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and oh my soul, and worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy Rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. My strength is failing, the end draws near, and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then I'll worship your holy name. 
you as the God of creation, the God of the universe, the God of all that is and was and will be. And in the very same breath, Lord, we recognize you as a personal friend, a counselor, a comforter, the greatest love of our life. There is none like you, Lord. Thank you today that we can come into this place and that we can sing and worship and cry out to you, Lord that our words are heard by you, that they don't just go up into empty air, but they're heard, that, Lord, you know us. Thank you for this time that we have. Thank you for how much you love us beyond anything we could ask or imagine. Thank you for what you've provided for us now and what you're continuing to provide. Lord, let your spirit continue to pour out on us this morning. May we hear from you today, Lord. May we hear what you would say to us Speak, Lord, the message that you want our hearts to hear and to know. Speak the things that we need to take out of this room with us. They're not meant to just stay here, Lord. Speak the things that we're meant to take with us into this week. So, that, Lord, may we, we may be the people that you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord. There is none like you. In your name we praise you. Good morning. Good morning. You guys are good at that. That's good. Let's do that again. Good morning. I like it. I like it. 
It is great to be with you this morning. Uh, missed you all last week, um, but it's good to be back, good to be with you guys. Um, four years ago, in July, I took a group of teens from our church to Nazarene Youth Conference 2019 in Phoenix, Arizona. Some of those attendees are in here. Can I get a shout out? There we go, there we go. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know this or not about Phoenix in July, but it is hot. It's hot in Phoenix in July, like a special level of hot that should not be legal. You know what I mean? It's hot. The kind of hot that melts your skin when you walk outside. While we were there, we saw temperatures reach about 112 degrees. That is hot. But it's a dry heat, right? It's a dry heat. Listen, dry heat, wet heat, when it's 112, it's just hot, right? It's just hot. There's no two ways. It's hot. But it's a dry heat. It is dry in Phoenix. It's in the midst of desert land. Our travels when we were there took us to see the Grand Canyon. It took us through the desert up to Navajo Nation. The dryness as you are driving through Arizona is startling. The sun's reign and rule over the land is so bold and obvious. The parched land is pervasive. The thirst of all of life in this area is manifest. Rivers run dry. The land is cracked. To walk through this area is to experience this special level of aridity with every breath that you take. It is dry. Fast forward four years. This past week, I had the chance to take the next group of teens to Nazarene Youth Conference. And allow me just for a minute this morning to take this opportunity to express my gratitude for those of you who gave generously to send our teens to NYC. Time and time again, this church, this local body of believers has said that they believe in giving the next generation opportunities to experience the living Christ. This was another one of those times. Because of your generosity, six of our teens had the chance to join together with 10,000 other Nazarenes from across the United States and Canada with open hands and surrendered hearts to worship God and to receive that which he had to offer them. Because of this church's generosity, life transformation happened. So thank you. On behalf of our teens that went and on behalf of their families, thank you for your generosity. You allowed life transformation to happen. For decades, the Church of the Nazarene has been investing in young people. And again, because of your generosity of the church, that has allowed our teens over the years to participate in that. And so thank you for that. 
So again, last week we departed for NYC. This time it was in a place very different from the dry Arizona heat from 2019. This time to Tampa, Florida. And as dry as our experience was in Phoenix, this past week was far from dry. Water was present in our entire time there. From the time our plane neared the Tampa airport, we set our sights on the ocean from the Gulf of Mexico. Upon checking into our hotel, we walked about a half a mile or so to get lunch. And immediately as we left the restaurant to head back to the hotel, the heavens let loose with the famous Florida afternoon rains. Torrential downpour, and we were stuck in the middle of it with no option but to head back to our hotel in the middle of it. The wind was blowing so hard that the rain was nearly horizontal, completely soaking us from the right side. And then all of a sudden, as we were crossing over the bridge, over the little river to get back to our hotel, as if God thought that we still had a little dryness left in us, the wind shifted completely and the rain started coming in on the left side. By the time we arrived back at our hotel, every square inch of us was soaking wet. And then there was the beach party that Mount Vernon Nazarene University threw for us on the beach of this little lagoon where we got to swim more water. There was the time where we participated in an experiential prayer and worship activity where we had the chance to pour a small six-ounce cup of water into the Hillsborough River. You saw a little tiny video clip of that. Such a tiny amount of water, just six ounces in a cup, but it was joined with the cups of 10,000 other Nazarenes that flowed from the Hillsborough River into the Hillsborough Bay, then into the Tampa Bay, and then finally into the Gulf of Mexico. And we ended our time with a day at Universal Studios. And wouldn't you know that in the afternoon in Florida, the rains came again. And we ran from cover to cover to try to avoid the rain, eventually realizing that we were just destined to get wet, and so we headed to the shuttle to go back to the hotel. And then, your brilliant youth pastor, after showering and putting on dry clothes, decided that Thai food would be the best option for that night. And walking to get said Thai food would be the quickest option for me to get my Thai food. But he also failed to remember that it was still raining. <laughs> I got wet again. And then there's the air in Tampa. Remember how dry I said Arizona was. Tampa was not. Sure, the temperature was about 17 degrees cooler than in Arizona, but the humidity was near at least a million percent. <laughs> to simply walk outside was to experience wetness. The wetness in the air, but also the instant sweat that drips down your body in very unpleasant ways. You know what I'm talking about. This NYC was marked with water. Hear with me the, Lord, the word of the Lord found in Isaiah 55. Come. 
all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations that you do not know, you will hasten to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has, has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Leading up to this passage in Isaiah, the writer paints a picture of God's servant that had been sent to restore Israel and to be the light to the nations. But this servant was ultimately rejected and killed, but the writer tells us about how he lives again, declaring righteousness unto the people. And then Isaiah 55 paints this beautiful picture of what it looks like to respond appropriately to the work of this servant. The response that Isaiah paints for us, the response is for the thirsty to come with no regard for status or for qualifications to come to the source of living water. And this theme of water is one that shows up all throughout the written word of God. Water is present in the very beginning of the story. The creation poem that we find in Genesis 1 begins with water that is chaos and without order. But the Spirit of God is hovering over the water and in all of his creativity gathers the waters together, bringing order to the chaos, and that water brings forth 
new life. But then the second creation poem that we see in Genesis 2 paints a little bit of a different picture, but one that still revolves around water. It paints a picture, in fact, a lot like what we found on our NYC trip to Arizona. No shrub had yet appeared. No plant had yet sprung up. God had not yet sent waters. The earth was dry. The earth was barren and arid. There was no life. But then God brings forth a spring of living water that brings life to plants and animals and people. And this living water allows humanity to flourish. And this stream then leads to a river that delivers the living water to all of humanity without discrimination. And there is enough for all. And then Isaiah, in his poetic and prophetic voice, gives instruction to the people of what to do with this living water. All who are thirsty come to the waters. No matter who you are, no matter what you have, come to the water. Drink. Be filled. Allow the waters to touch your parched lips to bring life. And I am here this morning to bring witness to six teenagers who were thirsty who came to the water, who have tasted the water, who have allowed the water to touch their lips, who have allowed their cups to be filled. And I'm also here to bring witness that this water is doing a new thing, bringing new life to each one of them. See, because of my position, I get the privilege to see firsthand what God is doing in their lives. So I had the opportunity this past week to watch them. And over the course of a handful of days, I had the opportunity to see firsthand, to watch them drink in the water of life. To watch them as they worshiped without reservation the source of that living water. I had the opportunity to see their faces as the word of God was spoken through his servants. Words that brought life. Words that brought freedom. Words that brought, brought refreshment. Words that brought purpose and calling for their lives. And I had the privilege to listen to them talk about their experiences. To hear the ways that God was stirring each of their hearts. And I'm here to let you know this morning, there is something stirring in this group of young people. I would take it a step further, and I would say that there is something stirring in the life of the young people, not just the ones that went to NYC, but I believe there's something stirring in the hearts of our young people. And as a result of that, I believe that there is something stirring in this congregation. But here's the thing about water. Water was made to move. I know you've seen stagnant water, right? 
Like this past spring, uh, we put up a rain barrel in, the, in our backyard. Thanks to David back there, he got me a rain barrel so that Chelsea could water all of her plants. And so we have a rain barrel that's filled with water. Well, on the top of this rain barrel, it collects stagnant water. And you've seen stagnant water, right? It's gross. What was once a crystal clear puddle of refreshing water turns into colors that I can't even name. The scum that forms on top is anything but appealing. And the smell, the smell is awful. This stagnant water simply becomes a cesspool of grossness and mosquitoes. Water is meant to move. Can I be honest with you for a minute this morning? There have been times in my life, there have been times in my journey of grace that the water inside of me has become stagnant. Maybe you've been there too. Like, there's no doubt that you've experienced the living water. There's no doubt that you have the living water inside of you because of your experiences, because of God's grace. There's no doubt that that water is inside of you. But I wonder if for you at times, like for me, that water becomes stagnant. I wonder if it's just sitting there turning ugly colors, gathering a scum of who knows what on the top layer, attracting those pesky mosquitoes. I've been there. Been there. Go back to the words of Isaiah and the promise that he declares. In verse 10, he says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and it will achieve the purpose for which sent it. The purpose of the water that God sends is to move. The promise is that as God sends his living water, it's not going to just sit still. Living water will do what living water does. It will move. It will flow. It will water the earth. It will make it bud and it will make it flourish. It will cause the seeds that have been sown to bring crops. God's word will not return empty and void. We have six teenagers who have been filled with living water. Let me add in there. We have six teenagers and one youth pastor that has been filled with the living water. And from watching these teenagers this past week and also from hearing their stories of what God is stirring in their hearts, I am here to tell you that they are ready for the living water inside of them to move, to overflow, to bring new life to their families, to bring life to their schools, to bring life to their church, to bring life to their community. But my question to you, church, is 
Will you allow their water to move? Will you allow their water to move? Will you create a space for their water to flow? Will you tear down riverbanks that have been created that holds their water in? Will you allow them to flow? Here's the thing, though. Sometimes the living water in the next generation doesn't flow the way that you've always thought water should flow. Sometimes it takes a different direction. Sometimes it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes it gets a little bit messy, but water was meant to flow. And water is going to flow. One of the things I remember most from exploring the desert uh, in Arizona last NYC was our time at Antelope Canyon. Our guide was walking us through this kind of underground canyon and talking about how flash floods would occasionally come rushing through the canyon. And it was this very rushing of water that carved out the formations of the rocks in the canyon. Because again, Water is meant to move. In fact, water will move. And if it's not allowed to move, eventually it will create its own paths. Water is going to move. Our younger generation is ready for their water to move. The only question for you and for me as the church is, will we let it move? Will you be a part of the movement? They're going to move, and I want to be a part of it, and I hope that you want to be a part of it as well. I want this church to be a church that allows the water that our young people are carrying to overflow into our church. So how do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Can I give you one simple task? Ask your young people what God is doing in their lives. Ask them how God is moving in their lives. Ask them what God is calling them to. Listen to them. Listen to their stories. Our NYC participants are going to have some different opportunities to share their experiences in the near future, but I would encourage you to take the initiative Find a way to talk to them. Find a way to hear their stories. I know the temptation may be to come to me to ask how NYC was, and I'll be glad to tell you how NYC was, right? But can I encourage you? Take the opportunity to ask the questions of the teenagers who went, because they have stories to tell. Remember how I said that sometimes we allow the living water in us to get stagnant? Can I encourage you this morning? If you're feeling a little scummy, if you're feeling a little stinky, if you're feeling a little mosquito-y, if you're feeling like the living water that is in you, you're not saying that the living water is no longer there, you're just thinking that maybe that living water is just a little bit stagnant and it's just there and it's starting to get stinky and the mosquitoes are starting to swarm. Can I encourage you this way? I dare you to talk to a young person who has experienced the living water. I've been doing youth ministry for about 13 years. 
in those times where I have started to feel that stinky water settling in, the vast majority of the time, the thing that has allowed me, has allowed the living water inside of me to start moving again was watching young people have an encounter with the living water. Listening to the way that God is moving in their lives almost always gets the water flowing again. So church, I challenge you. Will you take the initiative? Will you listen to their stories? Will you seek them out for conversation? Will you ask them what God is doing in their lives? I don't know, maybe you're in a Sunday school, Sunday school classes. Would you invite one of the young people to come share with your Sunday school class? To share what God is doing in their lives. Will you, church, be a church that allows the living water in our young people to freely flow? Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are a God who moves, that you are a God that freely offers the living water to all people. Thank you for the experiences of our young people at NYC. Thank you for those in this congregation who have made that possible. God, I have seen firsthand the stirring that you are doing in the lives of our young people. I pray that you would stir the hearts of those in generations who are going ahead, stir our hearts to allow that living water to flow as well. God, would you give us the boldness to ask ask our students questions, ask them about what you're doing, but I pray also that it would go just beyond just listening to those stories, but that we would put things into action, that we would come alongside them, that we would allow them to lead us. And for those who feel like their water is starting to get a little bit stinky, I pray that you would give them encounters even this week, whether it be with our young people or any other encounter with you that begins to stir that living water again. Give them an encounter that allows that water to start moving. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys.